I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode, what is this, 209, in which I've been decluttering. I believe I've been decluttering on previous episodes, but now I'm, well, I was about to say I'm done decluttering, not yet. Anyway, I'm recording this on Sunday, January 30th, 2022. I did not get a chance to record last week. Um, I'm actually proud of myself that I've managed to be as regular as I have been <laughs> this time around. Uh, last weekend, my husband and I spent the weekend away just down in the Finger Lakes um, for his birthday. And although I got back home around noon on Sunday, we had you know a lot of stuff to get done around the house and, and all of that and trying to get ready for the, the week to come. So I didn't get an episode recorded. And then I just ended up with a slew of evening meetings, just a whole bunch of meetings all week long. And so I was really pretty wiped out. Um, didn't get much sewing done. I did, however, oh, I will say this. Yes, last Sunday, I did sit down. Thank you for those of you who have been nagging at me. I got unit three done of my Storm at Sea. And um, now I've got one last unit to do. Each block has essentially four segments, four units to do. And the uh, fourth segment, I kind of left, it's got one, two, three, it looks like three rounds. So it's got, a, it's a square and a square in a square <laughs> is kind of what it looks like. And I am positive I don't have enough of one of the pieces. So I'm going to have to cut some more, which likely means finding more fabric that works and given that I this was all it's a blue and kind of an off-white beige cream tan kind of that family uh, so it's sort of sand and sea if you want to think about that way so it's one of my blue pieces I have a dark blue and a medium blue and so it's a medium blue and I just don't think I have a whole lot of medium blue batik left in my stash. So that might be a stopper. I haven't, I've been sort of, you know, procrastinating because <laughs> I don't want to find out just how bad it's going to be when I actually sit down and make the count and figure out how much I'm short and then try to figure out what I'm going to do about it. So all of that sad little tale, I did make progress and I only have one unit left. Um, so there's that. I am very pleased to say, so let's do the decluttering update. Um, I did, I'm sorry, I was looking at my notes and trying to figure out what I meant when I wrote down several half sentences <laughs> on something I wanted to talk about in this episode. It's been that kind of week. Uh, so the decluttering challenge that I was doing, part of Karen Brown's uh, Just Get It Done Quilts, I was doing her 21-day decluttering challenge. I did talk about it in the last episode, I believe. I've posted just a couple of blog posts about it because, frankly, the time I had to spend in my sewing room, I was decluttering, not writing about it, nor podcasting about it. I have made great strides. 
I have an entire hallway worth of bags and boxes of things that are going out. I'm going to take them to my guild meeting. Hopefully this week, I was going to take them to my January guild meeting. I believe I did talk about this one. We ended up canceling at the last minute because our numbers were skyrocketing. A little hard to tell whether we'll meet in person this week or not, because although the numbers of COVID cases, Omicron, are starting to go down, I'm not sure they're down far enough yet to be comfortable doing an optional group thing. So I'm, you know, on the one hand, I hope we do have guild because I would really like to get back involved again. And I really want to get the stuff out of my hallway. On the other hand, I really just want to be safe. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I am scheduled to do some more long arming this coming Tuesday. So here's the fun part. One of the decluttering pieces we had to do was our UFOs. I really figured I had a pretty good handle on how many UFOs I had. And I did. There there weren't really any that I pulled out that I was like, where did this one come from? Or gosh, I totally forgot about that. It was more a matter of they had kind of gotten buried um, in stacks of other stuff and they weren't necessarily all in one place. They weren't too far off. Um, like I said, I wasn't all that disorganized when I started, but you are going to just dig some stuff out as you start moving things around. And so I ended up counting up the number of UFOs I had, and then I went through and figured out where I was on each one, what had been the stopper, why hadn't it gotten finished. And I unearthed a couple that I had had sort of in the back of my head, and I realized, you know what, I can just knock these off on the long arm as well. So I have another date coming up this coming Tuesday. Um, I had a lot going on this weekend for work, so I have a comp day coming up, and instead of taking it tomorrow, which I've got some meetings, I'm going to take it on Tuesday and spend some of it long-arming. So I'll get another UFO at least quilted at that point. I still haven't gotten the binding done for the first two. Um, that's something I need to get done, and it won't take me that long because you know what? I have an AccuQuilt, and I've got the right size dies, so I'll be able to cut fabric bing, bang, boom for the, the binding um, and just get that done. And in fact, I watched a AccuQuilt uh, YouTube tutorial today on how to do bias binding with the two and a half inch strip or whatever size strip you want to use for it, uh, AccuQuilt die. So that's pretty cool. I've only made bias binding, I think, once in my life. It's not my normal, but it's nice knowing I can do it that fast if it comes up again. In any case, the whole uh, UFO thing, I did an episode on UFOs way back in my previous life as a podcaster back when I was doing it regularly and, gee, being really informational. Um, episode 21, I did actually go back and look at it. Um, I, I sort of reviewed some of the notes I had made for myself on that just to think through whether there were any of my current UFOs I was ready to get rid of. So if you've got a bunch of UFOs and you haven't listened to episode 21 yet, I would um, suggest going back because I do talk about how to sort through the UFOs you've got and what to do with it. You don't necessarily have to finish every one of your unfinished projects. They may have um, already served. They may have already taught you the skill or whatever you needed to, um, that you did it for. Or you may just no longer like the fabrics or whatever. Some of them you do need to just move on. When I went through mine, I actually only had, if I recall, one UFO. And it, it, calling it a UFO is gracious because 
it wasn't it wasn't really that far along but it was a project i had put a bin together for it had a label that for me is you know a work in progress if it's got a bin and a label um i had started cutting some of the pieces for it but it was a it was a mystery quilt and so i hadn't done all the cutting for it yet or no i take it back i had done all the cutting I just hadn't done much of the piecing yet. I think I had done like one of the clues in the piecing. And I decided this was not something I wanted to spend energy on. This was um, the other helpful thing about UFOs is uh, Karen Brown, again, Just Get It Done Quilts, also does a thing on UFOs. And one of the comments she made was something about if you have the time and energy to spend a day in your sewing room, is this a project you would want to pull out and work on? And if everything in you is saying, yeah, no, either screaming and running in the other direction or just already bored, then chances are that's something that you don't really need. And I decided this was not a project that was going to really, you know, in Marie Kondo's words, bring me joy or spark joy, whatever she says. So that one I'm um, just giving away to my guild. You know, like I said, I'd cut all the pieces and I had printed off a couple of the clues. So I put those in there with them, but all of the pieces are very usable in any other scrap quilt. Um, they're not unusual sizes or anything. So I, I felt okay about getting rid of that. What I have done now is repurposed. I've moved a bunch of stuff around shelves. So I now have where all of my quilt books were. I've now moved my quilt books to a different set of shelves and the shelves that they used to be on, which is right as I go in and out of my door, it's um, right in my line of vision. That's now where I keep all my UFOs. So I can't forget about them. They are mocking me every time I walk out of this room. I swear, I hear them doing it, mocking me. So that'll kind of keep me more motivated, I think, to get them finished. And like I said, as I was going through them, I realized there's a couple I could have done really in almost no time at all. So I might as well just get them done. Um, other ones I looked at, I had not made any progress on them because I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do next, mostly around quilting. How do I want to quilt this? And so I've decided I'm just going to stop worrying about I'm going to stop worrying about it. I'm just going to stop worrying about it. I'm not going to worry about anything being good <laughs> like I ever have. Um, I'm not going to worry about finding the perfect quilting motif or figuring out, you know, gee, do I have the skills to quilt this yet? Because those suckers will stay, I'm sorry, those things will stay <laughs> UFOs until well past my lifetime, if I have that in mind. So I have already been thinking... Um, one quilt I love, and I did put a fair amount of work into it, and I was really struggling with how to quilt it when I saw somebody else quilting a very similar design and realized how hard I was making life for myself. It really isn't that hard to quilt this thing. So that'll be one. Other ones, I have smaller projects that I just had no idea what how to quilt them, and um, one of them I was just, I woke up this morning with it in my head, oddly enough and realized I'm going to use it as a free motion quilting practice piece because it's got, it is almost all kind of open space and it's all Stonehenge fabric. It was part of a guild challenge we did many years ago now. Um, so it's a pretty design wise, it's a fairly simple piece. It's um, like I said, it's got a lot of open space and it's all Stonehenge 
fabric. So that, you know, pretty much all reads is solid or kind of multicolor, but no print. So I'm just going to go to town and I'm just going to use it to practice all sorts of quilting motifs and such, because I had no other thought about what this thing would ever, it's not like it was ever going to be a gift for anybody, ever going to go on a show. It was just something I kind of did for fun. So I don't care how it turns out. If I totally have something that's really butt ugly by the time I'm done, it doesn't matter. So that was very freeing to think of that. And then another one that I've, there's another very small, you know, kind of wall hanging project that I had done um, with paint sticks. And it's, it's turned out beautiful. I love the way it looks. And then I just had no idea how to quilt it. And what I've decided to do is I think I'm going to hand quilt this thing because part of what frightened me <laughs> was frankly the idea of trying to do fairly intricate stuff on my machine when my machine, uh, I can often get a lead foot on my machine. So I've decided I'm just going to, this one's small enough. I can just do a very basic hand quilt. I can do some outline stitching and then just something very simple in the background. Um, and it'll be nice. So anyway, that's how I've been thinking through my UFOs. Um, my next step on those is to actually take pictures of everyone and list it on my website. If you go to quiltingfortherestofus.com, you'll see that I do actually have a page. I believe it's list, uh, uh, the page is works in progress. It's several years old now. <laughs> I haven't updated it in forever. So when I look at that page, there are some projects that have been done for quite some time and other ones that are indeed still UFOs. So I need to update that page. And then that'll also kind of keep me honest. If I have everything listed up there, then I'll have to be making progress on it or else y'all will laugh at me and I give you permission to. Uh, so that's kind of uh, the progress I have made sort of in the last week. Again, not a whole lot of quilting other than that Sunday afternoon when I did finish up that fourth uh, unit. But I have been doing a lot of cleaning. And of course, when you're cleaning and reorganizing, it often looks worse before it looks better. So periodically during this whole process, everything's looked beautiful. And then everything gets piled back on my cutting table. And then everything gets beautiful again. And then it all gets piled back on my cutting table. Uh, so tonight there's a bunch of stuff cut now piled back on my cutting table because I'm reorganizing some different shelves. I... I think I mentioned in my last episode, I don't remember, that I have bought myself a new desk for my office. Um, and that's really the next big step. So my current desk, because this has been my work from home office for ever since we moved into the house, I have an L-shaped desk because one of the things I learned, here's a thing for any of you trying to work from home with children in the house. First of all, it does really help to have a door that closes. <laughs> That's one big step. But the other thing I found is the simple um, step of having a L-shaped desk where the L, you know, the part that comes out, I sit behind it and I face my office door. So I actually sit with my back to my windows and I've got like a... I'm looking at it now, it's probably two and a half to three feet gap between where I sit and face my computer and where the wall is behind me. 
mostly which gets caught, uh, filled with golden retrievers while I'm at work, which means I can't move my chair. That's a whole other episode. Um, but I then face the door. So when my kids were young and coming home from school, they would come in my office. They were trained. <laughs> they would always come upstairs, come into my office when I got off the bus, open the door and come in and, and we'd chat just briefly about their day and then I'd get back to work. But having the L-shaped barrier meant nobody else, even when we were sharing the office and I had kids' computers in my office, because there was the barrier, nobody ever put anything on my desk. And it was huge because my old house, not only did we kind of share a desk, but I just had one of those really cheap um, press board hutch desks that you could buy for like 50 bucks. I don't remember. Everybody had them at the time. Um, and it faced a wall, but it was really accessible from everybody else walking in and out of the door and everything got put on that freaking desk. And so every Monday when I'd go into work, I would have to spend 20 minutes just digging out to be able to get at my desk. Now with the L-shaped, everybody, that was like, everybody knew nothing in that L. You didn't touch anything in that L. <laughs> it was really nice. But now my kids are adults and eventually we'll be moving back out of the house someday. Um, and, you know, I can generally trust them better now. So <laughs> I have a desk on order because I really want to get rid of this L-shaped desk. I want more space for sewing, basically. <laughs> I don't want more space for working. I want my, more space for sewing. So the desk I have has now already been delivered. It's sitting down in the garage. It's just a straight, it's just a work surface. And I want to say it's something like 48 inches wide, maybe 24. I'm sorry, 48 long, maybe 24 wide, maybe. Um, I don't remember its exact dimensions. I do remember the 48 inches because I did measure the wall to see where it would come out. And I'm going to face it against the wall. And I am therefore going to be, when I'm working at that computer, I'm now going to be facing the wall instead of my door, um, which will take a little orientation for me because I've just been working in the same position for 15 years. But what that means is once I get rid of the L, I have an entire set of cubbies on the back of my cutting table that I've really never been able to access. So I will have nine new shelves open to me. And I am so excited. That also means all of my re remaining work stuff, I've gotten rid of most of my work stuff, all the remaining work stuff is going to go in, in these cubbies right next to my desk. So not only are they more accessible, but they're also not going to be visible when I'm sewing. Um, and I, all the shelves that they're taking up right now is in kind of my central uh, sewing triangle as it is. They're, they're all on the shelf that's where my sewing machine to cutting table to ironing board triangle is. Um, and I'd much rather have that taken up with fabric and quilting stuff. So, uh, you know, that's just a joy to be able to move that around. So right now I've got some of my work stuff stacked up on my cutting table until I can get rid of the L-shaped desk, which means building the other desk, which means moving all this stuff. It's going to be a total freaking mess, is what I'm trying to say, until I get my new desk put in and everything put back. <laughs> so that's next weekend's project, I believe. What else do I have to tell you about? Oh, here's a note I made to myself. Um, I succumbed. <laughs> I think I'm probably totally insane. I succumbed to a sale on AccuQuilt dyes this weekend. By the way, they have sales all the time. 
Um, so now that you know, once I learned that, I've been able to avoid some sales, but I still get it in very weak moments. I ended up buying um, another strip die. If you are new to AccuQuilt or consider AccuQuilt, here's what I've learned. Buy the strip dies first, because from the strip dies, you can make squares, and then from the squares, you can make triangles. Um, so if you can only afford a few dies, get the strip dies first. Um, there's my don't do what I do. I now have a whole bunch of dies, um, but I'm hoping to start using them much more now. Anyway, so I bought a new strip die, and then I succumbed, and I bought the die for English paper piecing hexagons. Now, let me tell you what I was thinking <laughs> while I did this. Have I ever done EPP? No. Have I ever really thought it might be something I wanted to do? Not until this week. Um, as I've been dealing with scraps, and as I've been working on what scrap sizes do I want to save, and how am I storing them and everything, suddenly I just got, I don't know, I got this thought in my head of, I really should be cutting <laughs> little one-inch hexagons and sewing them together by hand. I don't know where this thought came from. I don't know why it got in my head, but there it is. Now, the, the AccuQuilt die has, uh, for at least for this one, they have an entire cube, which is literally a cube with several dies in it of all of the various EPP shapes. I did not go that route because I want to make sure this is actually something I'm going to do first. Um, the die I got is a standalone die. It's just for uh, one inch side hexagon uh, shapes. And then, so it has both fabric and die, or template dies on the same die. I'm really not using the appropriate verbiage for any of this. So one die has several shapes of a size for cutting the fabric and several shapes of a size to cut the paper templates that you use to put the fabric on in a single die. This die is small enough that it will fit in the little Go Baby cutter that I got for free with some order I did over the summer. And I thought, well, won't it be cute and convenient to have this little Go Baby right on top of my cutting table? And I will put two or three of the dies, um, you know, like the two and a half inch square die, maybe the five inch square die, and then this English paper piecing die, the ones that fit directly in that. And I'll have it all sitting right there looking all nice and neat so that when I'm done with a project, I can quickly whip out a whole bunch of cuts, you know, scraps. It's a great idea. <laughs> I'll let you know if it works. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, if you have anything to say about EPP, <laughs> please feel free to do it. Um, I am, you know, I'm willing to be turned at this point, uh, either to become an EPP person or to be told you are absolutely insane. Give that die to somebody else who will actually really use it and enjoy it. I don't know. Um, I, I just don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> that was a little whim that entered into my head. Uh, I did also, um, I think I mentioned, yes, because in the last episode, I think I talked about subscriptions and I mentioned that I had restarted my cotton cuts 
fabric subscription for getting a half uh, six half yards of fabric, and I got that this week. I'll post pictures on my blog. Um, I absolutely love one of the fabrics. I really like a second fabric. I'm really not sure about two others, and then I really wasn't keen on the other one. Um, but I am taking the premise that there is no such thing as an ugly fabric. You haven't cut it small enough. That might have what made me go down the path of the, you know, one-inch hexagons. <laughs> Maybe it's all of a piece. I'm sure that I had this ugly fabric staring at me thinking, I really need to figure out how just, just how small I can cut this thing. Um, <laughs> so that might be it. Uh, so, you know, my jury's still out on that. I'm, I'm going to let the subscription stand for another couple of shipments, and then I'll probably end up canceling it again. Um, the the two fabrics I'm sort of half-hearted about, it's not their print at all. They're very modern-inspired. Um, they're modern prints. They're much more geometric, a little bit cartoony almost. It's mostly the colors. Um, just Although maybe I should mail one of them to Daisy. Daisy on her new podcast, Lovecrafty, was just talking about the poison green of Civil War Civil War era fabrics. I need to look that up and see whether one of these fabrics is that poison green. It's just, oh God, it's a miserable green that I don't see myself ever using. Unless, again, I cut it very, very small. So if it is poison green, uh, Daisy, you might be getting something. Um Speaking of podcast, yes, Daisy has her podcast back up and again. Um, some of you may remember her from Lazy Daisy Quilts days. She is now doing her podcast named Lovecrafty, and it's on Spotify. And I'm also pleased to say that um, your friend and mine, Frances, is also finally podcasting. I shouldn't say finally, because boy, she was doing a whole lot better than me. I'm sorry, she's putting me to shame. She posted a new episode recently. <laughs> she had been... Um, not on a hiatus, I don't even want to say that. It was just like last, I don't know, April, March? When was your last episode, Francis? I don't really remember until you posted these, these. Um, well, this one that is accumulation of several months worth of quilting. Uh, so those are some good new podcast. Uh, sorry, podcasts. Francis is off-kilter quilt, um, so find those. I, I was going to say I don't know yet if mine's on iTunes, but that's actually in reaction to a comment I got. Um, thank you to Linda for posting a comment on my Facebook page. And she said uh, she appreciated that I was posting there because she doesn't seem to be able to get my podcast to come up on the Apple podcast site, which means, nope, it's not showing up there yet. Um, so that means I need to get in there and futz around with it. This week, I might have a little bit more time. So far, I don't have a whole lot of meetings that can tend to change on a dime, but hopefully this will be a quieter week. So I'll actually, one, get some other kinds of work done, and two, maybe have time for sewing. So um, that's kind of all I really have to talk about. I, I will say the decluttering thing I have absolutely loved. Um, not only are my UFOs now more accounted for and in a more visible place. I think my other problem that I had had, and I posted this in the Declutter Challenge Facebook group, I have several of those travel bags for, you know, that you take to quilt retreats and stuff. And I have one that's a project, the Omnigrid project bag. Um, 
two, I think two or three of them I inherited from my mother. And then I have since bought one. I think I've got four over there and three of them maybe came from mom. Um, I have not actually used them that much because I ended up storing them on the floor under one of the shelves and they had all sorts of stuff stacked on top of them, which made them really hard not only to get to and access and I tended to forget about them, but also by the time I did pull them out, they were covered in dust and dog hair. And it just was like, you know, if I'm grabbing stuff to start packing for a retreat, I don't want to spend all this time cleaning it. So I wanted to find a different storage solution. Um, this might be very hard to describe verbally, but I will try to remember to take a picture of it. My fabric storage is on a closet shelf organizer thing or shelving that I just bolted to my wall. It's not in a closet. It's just against the wall. And so my fabric is on all of the shelves. I have two pull-out fabric drawers, you know, that are meant for things like socks and underwear. I use one for my fat quarters and one for my jelly rolls and two and a half inch strips. I have a tie rack belt rack pull-out thing that I use to organize my strips if I'm doing a strip project. Um, and then the bottom shelf came with a, a, a hanger bar. You know, if you're going to hang clothes, it came from with this hanger bar. Well, until I did this decluttering thing, under the shelf, I was stacking all of my unused um, project bins. So if I emptied out a project bin, it would just get thrown on the floor under there. Um, and my batting bin lives under there. Well, eventually that just got stacked up and the hanging rod thing fell off of the cliffs. And so it just, that was a mess. Well, one of the things I did to clean out was reused a lot of the project boxes for UFOs. So now bunches of stuff that were just stacked on my shelf are now in bins and labeled. Um, and so I think I've only got one empty project bin left and then was able to reorganize some other things. So I was able to put that hanging rod back up and I suddenly realized, brilliant moment of thought, pants hangers. If I can go through our closets and find some unused hangers with the clips on the bottom that you use to hang pants or skirts or whatever, I can use those to hang the project bags from my bottom shelf. So they'll be up off the floor, they'll be visible, but they won't be in the way. I will still have to clean them because they still have dog hair. <laughs> But if they're hanging, they're less likely to get a lot of new dog hair on them. Because I do, you know, like I said, golden retrievers, there's just free floating dog hair all over the place. Um, but if they're hanging vertically rather than laying on the floor horizontally, they're not going to collect it as badly as they have. So I am very pleased with myself, if you couldn't tell by my brilliant idea. I just haven't been able to put it into action yet. But that's coming. Um so that was kind of a random bunny trail on the decluttering thing. It just, here's the thing about decluttering, folks. Sometimes you can't even see the solutions until you get rid of the clutter in the first place. Um, and you may not think you're cluttered, but you probably still have at least some stuff that really doesn't need to be where it is. So this has been a great uh, opportunity for me to kind of refamiliarize myself, first of all, with what I do have, figure out what is likely to be part of my future and what doesn't need to be, and then just put stuff back where I'm actually going to use it and access it. 
And I tell you, I walk in this room and I just immediately feel so much more peaceful and calm and creative almost immediately. I'm like ready to go on this stuff. So part of my not quilting over the last five years, a lot of it was just busy. And then it was some mood stuff. And I really feel like maybe if I had done this a year or two ago, I might have regained my mojo faster <laughs> than than now. Um, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We don't know. I could have gone through all of this and it could have still just sat. But then when I was ready to get back to it, it certainly would have been a lot more <laughs> than it was this time. So let me get to some comments. I've only got a handful this week. Um, Colleen commented on, well, actually all of these comments now are on the last episode. So on episode 208, in which I did more long arming, uh, she said years before subscription, I'm sorry, years ago, before subscription boxes were a thing, I signed up for a fat quarter club. I got 10 fat quarters a month. I stayed with it far too long just because I loved getting a present in the mail every month. I still have some of those FQs in my stash. So these days I avert my eyes when subscription boxes are shown. I know I would become hooked. And Colleen, I'm with you. That is 90% for me, the appeal of subscription boxes. Um, I love new. And this is actually part of my Myers-Briggs personality type, <laughs> if you do the research. I do novelty. I love new. I love learning new things. I love seeing new things. I love new. Um, and that is part of the appeal is, you know, getting something that you didn't pick out that somebody else picked out for you, even if there's the risk that you're not going to love it. But it's a fun surprise. And so that is part of the attraction of it. So yeah, I do. You know, like I said, now I'm keeping myself on a time limit. I know that cotton cuts, I may not stick with it for too long. I'm just going to do it for a time. I'm getting pretty darn close to um, turning off my Jelly Roll uh, subscription through Fat Quarter Club. But I also have some ideas about some Jelly Roll quilts I want to knock out. So we'll kind of, I think what I'll do is put it on pause for a little while, make some Jelly Roll quilts and maybe make a rule for myself in my head about I won't turn it back on until I've been able to use up at least X number of Jelly Rolls anyway. Something along those lines. So Colleen, you and I were together on that. It's it's fun to get those presents. Another new comment uh, from Sandy with an I uh, from on the last episode. Having just moved my mom into my sewing space with me, joining the decluttering challenge would be a great idea. Can't see it happening this year, but it's a great idea. I enjoyed hearing your take on the different subscription boxes you've tried. I tried Sew Sampler for a few months but quit after too many fabrics I couldn't use. Um, this is from Engineering Sandy. And uh, she, again, nagged me <laughs> on the progress at the Storm at Seas. She asked, she was hoping I was doing it at the Buffalo game last, uh, last week. I did not actually end up sewing during the Buffalo game. I was watching the Buffalo game. It was, oh God, it was a heartbreaker, heartbreaker. Thank you so much for engineering, Sandy, reminded, reminding me of that. Um, although it's not your fault because you posted this comment before the heartbreaking game. Man, it was so close. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, so sampler, that's another one I keep going back and forth on. The problem is they, they tend to keep shutting off subscriptions. So I kind of get into this feeling of, well, if I cancel my subscription, Will I ever be able to get it back again? I'm sure I can. I mean, that's just a ridiculous thing. But I have actually, I use a lot of the little, the notions and stuff I get with it. So there's there's just been enough in every box to keep me going. 
And some boxes are dead on. I love them. I do love the fabric that comes with them. And again, this is part of where I'm thinking some of it I'm not using just because it's weird sizes. They're, they're sizes of things. And if I don't use the actual pattern they send, then I'm not likely to use that size of fabric. So I, that's where I just need to get out my AccuQuilt, my dies, and cut them down into sizes I'll use. They're really nice fabrics. I do really like them. Um, and thank you to Jennifer and Indy, who also commented on the same episode. She said she hasn't tried any of the quilting subscription boxes, mainly because I have enough for a quilt store already. Inherited a friend's huge stash about 10 years ago. But I love my makeup and clothing boxes. And I am with you too, Jennifer. I'm st I still get stitch fix. Um, not as often. I, I'm down to once every three months now. Mostly because, you know, during the pandemic, who's going anywhere? <laughs> I didn't really have to dress nice for a while. Um, but I did also do a makeup box for a while. It started with an I, and I'm not remembering it. You probably know it, Jennifer. You're probably shouting out the name of it right now. Uh, but anyway, I did that one for a while. It was fun. It was only $10 a month, but that's something I really almost never used. I have the stuff I use. And that's all I use, and I'm not really one to, to try on too much else. But you know who you need to talk to, Jennifer, is Stephanie. Stephanie loves her makeup, so you need to talk to her. Stephanie, post a comment. Um, <laughs> so Jennifer goes on to say, my decluttering goal this year is uh, patterns that I've made and won't make again, and fabric I'm hanging on to but will probably not uh, never use. It's time to clear some of it out. Some will go to guild donations, and some will go to a retreat sale table. Um, and yeah, Jennifer, you, people are going to want that fabric. So definitely go ahead and get rid of it. You know what our guild does on retreats? Here's an idea for some of you. If you do have a guild, um, it wouldn't have to be a retreat thing. We do that because it's over time, but you could do it during a guild meeting, is we play fabric roulette. And everybody just brings whatever fabric they want to get rid of. We put it on this big rolling cart in the middle of the room, and then everybody gets um, a number. I think is how it works. Gosh, I can't remember how the person who runs it does it. But anyway, your name gets drawn and you go and you get to choose X number of pieces your first time and everybody goes through. And then you get to choose X number of pieces your second time and everybody goes through. So, you you know, it, all the popular stuff, of course, goes first. But what people, you know, people are looking for different kinds of fabrics. So, it's a really fun way to get rid of a lot of fabrics. And if any of you are really interested in this, and I have not explained it well enough, I know, um, I will see if I can get somebody to write down for me how they actually run it, and I will try to share it on a future podcast episode. Um, so thanks for that, Jennifer says. I'm helping to motivate her to do more quilting because she listens while she's in her sewing room. And I will say it's definitely motivating me to do more quilting because I got to have something to talk about. So that is it for this episode. Um, you're probably all saying thank you for, you know, keeping it relatively short. Um, again, when I'm not sewing, I don't have quite as much to talk about. Next time, maybe I'll talk about uh, containers. <laughs> That's my other thing is finding good containers. And I love some of the containers I've now started using in my cubbies because man they've been a problem solver so that might be for another episode um so my goals for this week are to get my cutting table cleaned back off 
to continue to make progress in my Storm at Sea quilt. And, oh, let's say to cut some scraps. How many scraps do I want to make myself a goal of? How about, I know, I'll make myself a goal to take one of those weird-sized fabric collections I got from the Sew Sampler box and turn it into usable size scraps. That'll be my goal. So I'll report back in on that next week. And so you know how to get a hold of me. You can leave comments uh, for this episode on quiltingfortherestofus.com slash podcast. You can leave comments on our Facebook page at Quilting for the Rest of Us. You can leave comments on our my Podbean page. Um, I think my... I think the URL for that is podbean.com quilter. I don't know because I don't actually use that that much. But there are some folks who hear me through Podbean and therefore leave their comments on Podbean. So you can do it that way. Or you can email me at sandyquilts, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. And until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 